I have a question for both of you. What is your favorite cologne? That's a great question, actually. Yeah. Calvin Klein. Yeah. Which, do you have this particular um, scent? Yeah, I do, but I don't know the name of it. I just put it on. That's what's funny. <laughs> so I know what the bottle looks like and everything. I don't remember. Do you, do you wear cologne like when you're just alone in the office all day? It's a it's a pro tip I get um, for self care. Uh, one of my mentors explained to me what you do when no one's around is more important than when other people are around. Mm. Look good, so, feel good kind of thing. Exactly. So if you put on cologne just because you're going to an event or out. That means you don't actually care about yourself when you're by yourself. Yeah. I've, I've subscribed to the look good, feel good thing. Mm-hmm. Cody, what about you? What's your favorite cologne? Probably Axe, right? Mm-hmm. Nice. Thank you for that. <laughs> uh, no, it would, it would be equally cheap, and I would just say Stetson, probably. Stetson. There you go. Uh-huh. It goes with the, the Cody, like the cowboy thing, right? <laughs> uh, okay, now ask me. Jake, uh, do you wear cologne? What's your favorite? Uh, that's a great question. Thank you for asking. Um, my favorite, I wear cologne every day. Yes. Uh, and it's funny because when I do wear cologne, uh, I mean, obviously Lauren knows I work at home. She always says, uh, who are you trying to smell good for? <laughs> Cause I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> so, um, I, yes, I, my favorite cologne is Tom Ford's ombre. Tom Ford is a great one. Yeah. And you still rock the Tom Ford. It's great. But Tom Ford is only a cologne I wear when I go out. <laughs> But so when I stay in here, I I wear all types of different colognes depending on the day. So um, today was a Jimmy Choo day, uh, <laughs> only because I am wearing this uh, this nice sweater. And so I felt like I always feel like the the the, the scent of the cologne has a uh, kind of tone of what you're wearing. So if you're wearing like Tom Ford ombre then you're probably wearing something like leather or nice. And then if you're wearing uh, Jimmy Choo or like Burberry, you're uh, maybe Burberry. I think you're wearing more of like a cashmere. So I've never been like a cologne person in, in my life. But uh, since Lauren is an executive at Macy's, specifically in uh, the beauty department and at Clinique, they always have these like semi-annual events where they all exchange like free gifts and so every time she goes there she gets like two or three or five different things and like two of them are always like men's cologne so i've i've amassed a small fortune of expensive colognes that i will never use uh all of but um but no so yeah usually yeah usually usually in my office i'm wearing a ralph lauren polo um very earthy kind of kind of scent i like that as you can tell by my office very earthy um so and i was just thinking about this morning because I, I this is the first time i've ever put on the jimmy choo cologne and, oh. and i was like uh i always it's kind of a douchebag cologne and i was like i'm feeling kind of douchey today <laughs> so i put yeah, it i wasn't gonna say it <laughs> but you volunteer it wow this, this is already gonna be interesting <laughs> all right <laughs> everyone when you were saying like what you choose for the day, I'm like, well, I wear the same clothes pretty much every day. I'm basically a cartoon character, so <laughs> great to eat. Wake up, yeah. I'm like Obama. You put on a tan suit, people are like, "Whoa, that's wild, <laughs> that's crazy." <laughs> yeah. Well, same thing every day. <laughs> well, as you uh, all, all you listeners know, um, well, one, you looked at the art album artwork and you saw that it's different from our normal one, which means we have a guest on today. Um, and uh, this is, uh, I, I've mentioned the group uh, quite a few times now, the marketing agency owner group, and I always have to 
preface it by it's the one with the fire emojis on each side. Thank you. Um, it's hot, not hard to spot. It's we just hit the forty thousand member mark, and and Kevin, I don't think you posted that. I don't think you posted. I a, think I posted thirty something. Thir- yeah, like thirty eight, and I was like, yeah, but then you, well, you totally we missed. We have forty point five now. Mark, yeah, you did. <laughs> That's all right. Save it. Save it for fifty. I'll save it for Monday. Yeah. Um, but uh, I reference this group a lot, and and the owner of the group, uh, Kevin Marcus Miller, uh, has such a nice ring to his name when you say all three in a row, uh, is joining us uh, on this episode because we were actually on your Agency Talk podcast uh, a few weeks ago, and um, we kind of got led astray because <laughs> we just started talking about random shit, which was fun. But uh, hopefully we can kind of keep on topic here. And we wanted to bring you on to talk about something that we're not particularly experts in. And that is essentially client outreach. So to kind of set the stage of, of why we wanted to cover this episode, and Kevin, I kind of told you a little bit before you, uh, we started, but mm-hmm. um, Cody and I have always gone to market with the idea that you should acquire leads the same way you would get leads for your clients. And in our case, uh, our listener, you've probably heard us say that we go to market with SEO and Google ads. We're well, not even Google ads. We haven't spent a dollar on ads. Uh, well, we did as a kind of a joke on youtube to see what would happen um and uh, but we haven't spent any money on ads it's just all been seo it's been getting featured in industry podcasts getting featured in uh, industry magazines and um it's all for all free we've never paid for those those promotions or anything we've just written good content and it's gotten published uh and we've even in past episodes we've taught you how to do that uh however um there are situations, as referenced in episode 40, about when we were talking about picking your niche, that there are some niches out there where your clients' clients are engaging on mediums that your clients are not. So the same tactics that you would apply to get leads for your clients or for your clients' clients may not apply to get leads for yourself, in which case outreach and cold outreach via LinkedIn or via cold calling or messaging or emailing might be the solution. Now, it's not a solution that I'm a fan of um, (laughs) just because I'm not like that. Um, But if you are like that, then we have a guest for you. So um, I wanted to introduce Kevin Marcus Miller. Uh, Welcome to the Never Bros podcast. Uh, likewise, yeah. So Cody and I are not industry experts in this at all. So um, I was hoping you could give us a little bit of a background on you, what you do, and um, you know, just kind of go into that a little bit. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Um, for those of you who don't know me, my name's Kev. Kevin. Um, I would start off by saying the the real reason why any of us are doing marketing, if we're just going to be blunt about it, at some point we were trying something else. Yeah, and then we ended up kind of here. Like we talked about the agency, <laughs> and so that's my story. I was a songwriter for a long time. And I, you know, some of you have ever seen the movie Almost Christmas with Danny Glover. I was the one who wrote on that soundtrack. So that came out in 2016. It was a big movie, and that was happening to me while I was in college. So you've got one of those like very elusive passive income streams of royalty. Very elusive. Very. <laughs> we had a well, well done. We had a, we had a cold open about that on one episode. How passive income is basically bullshit unless you have. I have to agree with you on that. Unless you have like royalty checks coming in. 
Yeah, royalty check is truly passive. Real estate is not. That's how I feel. Thank you. <laughs> I'm glad we shared that. <laughs> so that was 2016, um, and that was the that was kind of the first pivot point in my life. I understood that oh, people are perceiving me different now. What is this? Ding 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 ding. This is marketing. Oh, when you change your association and other people see you different, then they treat you different. Oh, and then I could charge people to teach them what I did. Oh, wait a second. What is this? So I wasn't a songwriter. I was a marketer. No. Just, it just that, in a different route. Is that how, you, did you fall in love with it that way? Marketing? That's how I fell in love with it. Yeah, I, I still, I don't I still think I'm in love with marketing. <laughs> I'm in love with being I a business not. owner. I, I'm, in I'm love, not. <laughs> I, love, I, love I'm being a, I love being a business owner. I'm good at marketing. I'm, I'm, I would say I'm very good at it um, in, in more of like a, a B2B sense. Um you know, business to business, but, uh, being a business owner in general, I, I think is, is where I'm at because my next business venture probably isn't going to be marketing. I'm going to be good at marketing it though. Uh, cause that's what I'm good. So, um, so what are you up to now? I know, I know in your group, you post them. I honestly haven't like super looked into your entire service offering. So why don't you give us uh, a cue into like what you actually do now? 100%. Let me, let me bridge a little bit. So it's in the list kind of like, <laughs> like, what the hell? Yeah, yeah, do that. So songwriter, graduated school. I'll speed the story up. Had some health challenges. Um, I'm a 12-time sudden cardiac arrest survivor. Um, what that basically means is that my heart uh, stopped. I was in an induced coma after playing basketball in 2019. And through that process, that that's what forced me to be an entrepreneur, right? So I can go back into the office. I was working at Microsoft at the time and... That process led me to entrepreneurship. Started my own first agency. We were doing web design first. That process realized this is very time intensive. Right, you got to be involved and have a great team. Too time intensive for my uh, health challenges. So then I pivoted to virtual assistance agency, and then we're now on the pivot number three, LinkedIn marketing. So I did LinkedIn makeovers. I basically uh, turn your LinkedIn profile into a Rolls Royce from a minivan uh, in, in seven days. That's what I do. Nice. I have the worst LinkedIn profile. I don't even have a banner. I just have it as a blank. But I also hate LinkedIn. I mean, it's all love. I love LinkedIn because I feel like it saved me. Yeah. I, yeah, I get to it. You know? Cody, you had an awesome LinkedIn bio at one point, but then you changed yeah. it because you're a pussy. <laughs> just... It was awesome. I did. It, it, it was, just like... They like, shit on Cody as much as possible. But no, it was... It, I'm saying it was awesome, but but then you changed it because you're like maybe I should look more professional, and, and you know yeah. to, to a point I do well, agree. It was it was because of the Japanese thing. Like I had more and more Japanese businessy interest stuff going on, where I could no longer be as facetious as I normally am because they just don't take it the same way. Like here, when I'm you know sarcastic and witty like that, it's you know seen that way. But man, I'm just being rude. So doesn't really get the flat. Yeah. He, he had in his in his bio, you had, uh, you know, I've you like literally said I've never liked LinkedIn or the people on it because I would see them get drunk on Saturdays on Facebook and then post a picture of them in a suit on Mondays. And yeah, I said that. <laughs> and I was like, this is amazing. I like this a lot. That's for yeah. Storytelling. Yeah. There is still a little bit of snark on there though. I see. Um, let's see. It says. My work preferences are a bit quirky. I hate sales and attending conferences slash large business social events. I like being in the background, building systems, processes, and procedures at 2 a.m. If you're doing background research to message me at pitch, you've got the wrong guy. <laughs> nice. I, okay, I'll I'll accept that. I like that. That's solid. That's solid. Yeah, yeah. You're not going to use repel marketing on LinkedIn. 
the filters, you know? Yeah. Uh, Kevin, do you do a LinkedIn uh, makeover? Do you, I see you posting a lot of like screenshots of uh, outreach. Yeah. Of outreach. Training program. Yeah. So we have a coaching program essentially where I teach other people how to do it. And then eventually, if they graduate through that, then I invite them to work with me one on one. But let me be very blunt. That is absolutely not my preference. I like <laughs> people to be in charge of their own marketing. Mm-hmm. So they can point the finger at themselves when they decide to not do their follow-up, right? That's very common on LinkedIn. People will send them a bunch of messages and they'll never call or email any of the leads. And then they wonder why nobody close. Jeez. It's ridiculous. Like oh. that's the mindset. I'm a Whatever. huge, I'm a huge dick to people who solicit to me on LinkedIn. Are you? Oh yeah. hundred percent. Well, not anymore yeah. so much more. It's just on Facebook. Now on LinkedIn, I just ignore it. Mm-hmm. But like, Actually, it changed uh, once I once we started this podcast because once we started this podcast, I would just connect with everybody and then just ignore them, ignore their messages. <laughs> because once they connect with me and I start sharing this podcast on LinkedIn, it's like, hey, I just hit a whole network of marketers that uh, will now listen to this podcast or at least are connected with me and now it's in their newsfeed. Oh. Um, but overall, ignore, I do ignore people on Facebook or I do... Um, but most of the people on Facebook are just worse. Like they're just, you know. You know what's so funny, bro? They're literally the same people. That's what's so funny about the whole thing, right? Oh, just the way they position their message is different because it's the exactly like it's all the same six billion people, right, on the planet that have a Facebook or LinkedIn. <laughs> it's just the way that they want other people to perceive them is way more cringe. Like Cody was saying, like you're absolutely right, Cody. Like <laughs> I always tell people, it's kind of like people want to uh, show up to a car show. Right. And they want to win everything immediately. And they're going to announce that they entered the room and it's a silent auction. <laughs> it's like, why are you announcing yourself right now, bro? Sit your ass down. <laughs> uh, why has uh, linked, why has LinkedIn been your go-to strategy for outreach? Yeah, that's a great question. The, the main reason in particular is because for whatever reason, when it comes to business conversations in particular around my personality, People like my personality in the DM. They hate my personality on the feed. What's the, tell us what the difference is. Yep. So in the outreach uh, mechanism that I like to use, I'm using humor. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. perfect example, one of my clients, they are a uh, real estate, they do real estate investing and they're trying to target doctors. So what we tried there and the approach was we asked them a funny question, right? Grey's Anatomy or Scrubs. Grub. Gives them the smile. Media yeah, scrubs. See that? You see what I'm saying? Like yeah. it makes people like, oh, they're not soliciting. Well, it makes people want to respond to. Yeah. And there's the right answer. So. That's <laughs> one. <laughs> <laughs> so that approach works really well for me and like what feels good in my spirit. That's all. So that's how I usually do outreach for myself and clients. And then if someone goes to me, I'll just say something like um, Lauren Tickner on my on agency talk. She said it perfectly. She says, um, hey, did I just get ghosted? <laughs> it just works so well because if you're talking to somebody that's going to do good business with you, they're going to laugh and know that they made a mistake. If they're arrogant and it was never going to work me out, <laughs> and it was never going to work out, there was no alignment in personality and it was going to be a nightmare on the sales call because the status... Uh, the power dynamics off, then they're going to get offended, send you a voice note and say, you sent me too many follow-ups. How dare you do that? How dare you say something like that? And that's perfect for me because that's what I want. You want that reaction? I want to repel those kind of people immediately. Oh, they'll never yeah. get along with me. Yeah. Right. 
you guys know my personality, right? Like, mm-hmm. so they would never get along with me on a sales call because I'm going to be, you know, my whole thing is extreme ownership given what I've been through in my life. Yeah. I just don't gel well with people who can't take ownership with their feelings. Yeah. I, I usually like, I, I have gotten those, like, did you ghost me or something like that? And then like, or, you know, similar messages. And I do only, only if I, I, let me caveat that. Cause you're making, yeah, this is a big mistake. Only if they reply and I send that, if they replied and showed interest and then ghosted me. Oh, does that gotcha. make sense? Gotcha. Huge conflict. I, yeah. Okay. I, cause I get, I get a lot of like where I like, I'll, I'll read messages and then like, I like, I'll just open them to get the notification cleared. And then I've seen people go like, Hey, I keep, I see you message. You right. notice I message like, what's up? Like, uh, yeah, no, 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 you no, not no. find value in this. And I'll, I, I will reply and I'll say, Nope, period. And then like, that's it. Yeah. See, that's why I wanted to clarify for people listening. I, guys, I'm not talking about those corny automated messages where you're like, Hey, did you see the message? No, no, no. I'm talking about if someone said, yeah, I want more information. You mm-hmm. send the information and then they ghost you. Then I say, uh, Hey, did you go? Like, did you ghost me? So now you're actually being disrespectful. So, but I, but I feel right. like, I feel like the majority, I mean, what's the, what's the actual response rate? Cause I would assume you use LinkedIn sales navigator, right? Like that's, Correct. that's, um, can you give one, yeah. can you give the audience, uh, and I, like just what is LinkedIn sales navigator? And then two, um, what is like the actual response rate of, of some of these, uh, DM blasts for sure. So LinkedIn sales navigator is basically basic LinkedIn on steroids. What I mean by that is it's 90 bucks a month. You hop in there and you're now able to hyper-target companies by filters such as, hey, I want to target anybody who has a company headcount of 11 to 50, who lives in Georgia, who uses the platform Salesforce. So that lever lever that you can pull um, is so deep and, and great for enrichment. And I think a lot of people don't quite understand if you're savvy enough and you're doing outreach on multiple platforms, that's your filtering mechanism, sales now. Because then you can scrape the emails if you're savvy, right? You and I, we're all savvy marketers here. You can then scrape the emails right from SalesNav, boom, and now you have a beautiful spreadsheet of filtered data based on almost intent. Right. Well, right. yeah, in-market attribution or uh, exactly. affinity. Affinity. There you go. Exactly. So that's that's kind of the concept. In, this is really good. I'd like to go back a little bit first, though, just so yeah. can you... You have a really cool story. I, I don't want to go totally into it just because like, yeah, you're, I think you're a business wizard and I don't want to detract with your, you know, health things from that story. And I want to focus primarily on business. So I will just say, look guys, um, you, you have a little bit on your website, right? Allapproach.com a, a yep. little bit about it, but if people want to read, they can there. Um, but even before you got to the LinkedIn portion, you mentioned the, um, like VAs. So can you give, can you give us a timeline of how long this took to get you to where you are now with the LinkedIn agency approach um, and how many years you spent in the middle of those various places before getting to this one right here. I just want to, we, we talk about this a decent amount where people, you know, they compare their step one to somebody's step 50. So I just want to make sure that people aren't doing that um, when they hear about your success and thinking like, oh, you know, why, why am I not doing as well as Kevin? Well, I've been doing this for a while, right? He's not totally new. So, um, could you tell us a little bit about that first? hundred percent. Hey, thanks for bringing that back. I think that's important. Um, I like to just jump a million miles ahead 
And then I like, and I just I, love it. I watched the episode, so I know what's happening here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Tony always brings it back. He's always like, yeah. "Hold on, chill, bro." Nick's, he's got his list. He's like, "Let's go. This is what I want to know." I'm like, "We gotta give him a little something." I got, man. I'm like a I'm like an FBI interrogator, man. I'm gonna waterboard you to get the answers I need. <laughs> yep. Yeah, this is so fun, y'all. We had a great time. Um, good. Okay, so 2015. Let's let's go back a little bit. Mm-hmm. 2015, I was in college, and I kid you guys, this is, honestly, this is, I hate that I have to say this story, but it's important, okay? At this particular time in my life, I was so popular on campus that I could literally, and this happened, I had a final exam, and I literally told the professor, listen, I'm auditioning my music for Fast and Furious 7. I'm not going to be able to do this final exam. That's so cool. And he said, absolutely no problem. What? <laughs> And I, I knew I was going to fail the class too. And that's the beautiful part about knowing yourself. I knew that I was going to be a big deal one day because I had the confidence and the skill set, but my arrogance was out of control. Mm-hmm. So that's important for context. That's how I started. That's how I came in <laughs> on 10. Came in hot. Blunt. Came in hot. So <laughs> some of you listening right now are like me. You came in hot. You were a big shot on campus. That was me. Well, to be fair, that is extremely cool, right? I I, I had an experience like this in my quantitative methods for business decision-making class, actually. They're just called quant for short. Um, there were only like three kids in the entire class. Uh, I say kids, three people. And, no, three people in the entire class that knew what the hell was going on. So like prior, prior to this, I had taken statistics and I, had a, I ended that class with 106%. So it's very good at statistics. So when I got to quant, which is basically statistics for business, uh, I like within the first half of the semester, I was uh, the only A student. And then uh, there were, we started up with like 30, 30 students. There were 15 by this time. Mm. And uh, we were all in like these small groups. Like I had just three people in our group. It was me and two other girls. And uh, we got to pick our partners for the semester. Like these, these when we got broken up into small groups, this is who it was going to be. And it got to the point where we were the only people that had a B or higher in the entire class. Everybody else had D's and C's and F's. And all we had to do to the professor was tell him that we're not ready for a test coming up and he would postpone it for like a week or two weeks. And so we started getting like bribes and solicitations from the other students to have us postpone the test. Wow. Wow. Jake, that also was feeling himself. (laughs) And let's be blunt. Let's be direct. If you want to really be successful in this, you got to feel yourself, but then reel it back one notch. Go there in your mind, know that you are amazing and you have skills and all these things, then dial it back one notch. My problem at that time was I didn't know how to dial it back one notch. So I was out there wiling out, uh, enjoying myself, my college self, all those things. So I graduated and guess what happened? I'm not the man anymore. Yeah, security guard. Speak as if you know everything and listen as if you know nothing. Correct. Correct. So my ego was hurt. I was a security guard uh, in a Microsoft building, funny enough. Oh, okay. So that, isn't that funny? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You start as a security guard and work your way to what, event planning or something? What was it? I was in, uh, yeah, project management. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And so that transition of my inertia, right? And also the way I felt about myself. I'm building momentum. I'm doing my thing. I'm understanding what the pivots are. First pivot had to do with songwriting, right? Okay, it looks like there's not a ton of money in songwriting. The real money, when it comes to music business, is starting a service-based business based on the credibility 
right? And the notoriety you get from working with A-level brands. Mm-hmm. So, oh, great. I wrote a song for MTV Catfish. Great. I wrote a song for VH1, right? Then putting those logos on your resume when you're doing social media content, that tells people and it signals to people, oh, this is someone I should actually pay attention to and respect. Mm-hmm. So that's what we were talking about mm-hmm. earlier, right? Is about yeah. what's that connection point to make sure that people dial in your association and treat you the way that you want them to be treating you. And that's what, when you do LinkedIn outreach, they're sensing all that because all that's on my profile and they can see, oh, this guy has 40,000 people in his group. You know, he has a story, he's a 12 times sudden cardiac arrest survivor. He's somebody that people want to engage with. So all of those things play a part when you send that message, whether they're going to ignore you or not. Mm. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's important for people to know the like the social proof aspect of once you get once you get those connections, the publications featuring them on your website, so people know. Yeah, um, it it lends you that that credibility when you when you're starting from you know zero, especially um, if you don't have a, a big client um, client pool yet, mm-hmm. and you're just trying to show people that you're legitimate and worth working with. Right. Um, so you. When you were doing that for music, especially, was it just solopreneur? Was it just you? Um, did you want to build a team? Did you build a team? I what? built a team. Yeah, I put my roommate and we started doing songs together. And then, you know, he would do the piano and this, and then I would write the lyrics. So we were building a little super team. And at one point, I had Grammy winning writers on my team and we were doing amazing work. And then I realized like, oh, wait a minute. I'm the only one with business acumen here. Um that's a problem that's a real problem because they don't have the same goal as me yeah i feel like want to be in music business they want to write songs i feel like that's right. i feel like that's agency owners now like i feel like everyone's like i can sell marketing services or i can perform marketing services but then like they're just awful business owners correct that's exactly what it is it's like oh great you can do seo but then they say oh i want to actually own an seo business that's a completely different thing they're not really and we've got a we've got a podcast topic coming up. I can't remember if we already if we already did it or not, but it's basically like we 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 did it. It's like if you're a business owner, you will lose your authority and knowledge in the thing that you started the business with. Like you will, That's the, yeah. It, it, if you are an expert in SEO, there will be a time where you are no longer an SEO, an expert in SEO because you are now an expert in running a business. And if you're not, if, if you're never prepared for that. You will never have that large business that you set out to get, and maybe maybe you want to be that SEO person, you know, in, until your your sixties. But yeah. yeah, so Kevin, did that happen to you? Like, did you hit a point where, when it came to music, well, it sounds like you were also producing. Did you get to the point where you just sucked out making music, or what? <laughs> I love why you asked that, bro. So here's what really happened. I'll be, I'll just be direct. I started racking up a lot of places, like. At one point, I had five in one week. That's a lot. So VH1, um, Telemundo, like all in one week. And I was the only one excited about it. And I realized there was a clear disconnect here. Like my goal was to be a business owner and have credibility so I can network and do what I want in the entertainment industry, aka pull a DJ Khaled. That was my vision, right? <laughs> I don't care if I'm good at the piano or not. Who cares? No one cares or knows what he does, but they know he makes hits. Yeah, I want. All you gotta say is your name over and over again. Kevin <laughs> Miller. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> what's what's the DJ Khaled? Uh, another one. There you go. Another one. <laughs> Don't play yourself. 
<laughs> so that's what happened, right? And and there was a disconnect, and then I started falling out of love. That's that's hard for those of you who are using people like me. I definitely started falling out of love with the actual process and the healing behind why we even started making music in the first place. We just wanted to have fun and heal and feel good about ourselves and enjoy the sound, right? But at some point, that just completely it it just didn't it didn't feel good in the spirit anymore. The alignment started to have a disconnect. So then I um you know had what I you know had happened with my heart and all that, and so that was very difficult, man. I was like. I always tell people that, you know, most people have heard the saying, life is short, right? Mm-hmm. Until you've been through something like what I've been through, you're going to think life is short. But really, at the, you know, at the core of what that actually means, life is just urgent to so, those who choose for it to be. Yeah. So did, so did so you no longer think life is short now, right? Because you were like, oh, because you had a heart attack and then now you're like, God, this thing is too f- long. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I mean, that was a long, bro, having a cardiac arrest, I had nine of them in, in seven minutes. That was the longest seven minutes of my whole life, bro. Mm-hmm. Felt like 70 years. Yeah. It's like, whoa, like, this is intense. Like, um, and this is, a, you know, just for context for people to understand, it's like, how did you survive seven or whatever? What happened? So I have a, a device that actually shocks me back to life, right? It's the same concept as an AED machine. So if you guys ever seen those machines with the gems. That's actually in my body, like implanted inside of me. So that went off like five times. And so it's a very violent experience, um, very traumatizing. It scares everyone around you. Um, and so if you're lucky enough to survive that, your perspective is just going to be a little different. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, there's no way around that. So I've, I've done my best and recovered and uh, still do, you know, therapy and all kinds of things. And there's no shame in that. Anybody listening that's been through some real shit, man no shame in it no shame in it so that's that's what i'm really focused on and that's why i transitioned from the ba agency because as you guys know if you're gonna manage people you have 20 people under you that means <laughs> you're responsible for 20 mortgages and 20 people's time and emotions that's mm-hmm. way too much for a 12 time sudden cardiac arrest survivor because mm-hmm. i need to conserve energy the name of the game for me to live as long as possible is to literally conserve as much of my energy as possible mm-hmm. that's why linkedin is brilliant for me because I can conserve energy and just reach out to the people that are in alignment. So um, I'd like to ask why, or not why, how your service offerings are, are structured right now and how yeah. you're experiencing them on the background. So like you've got, you've got kind of two things split out from what I can tell and tell me if I'm missing anything, but you have, you have some yeah. consulting, um, you've got a course and then um, it, one that's more hands-on, like a high ticket Mm-hmm. it's still consulting but you're much more involved is what i'm guessing right. implementation exactly okay what what's the split internally um mm-hmm. and and i tell me if i'm wrong like correct me but as i understand it this this business model was a good approach and a good strategic um avenue to match your lifestyle and kind of what you need. it's okay. what i need it's not what i because at one point man i remember like when i was really chugging this thing and i didn't know how like what my limits really were because it was mm-hmm. new Back when it was still new, you know, we had 24 VAs managed under myself and two people between me and them, right? So that was just not sustainable. The pivot and the beautiful pivot I'm at now is, okay, everybody for the most part comes to the $69 course. That gives me the opportunity to filter out who's actually serious and deserves my time one-on-one. How did you pick $69 as a price? Mm. I checked, so this this is a great story. 
I ran a um, special on my email uh, blast where I said, hey, it's 10 bucks a month. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, like 30 people signed up in one month. That's interesting. What if I raise it to 20? Oh, yeah. Okay. It's still working. And I noticed the most serious people stayed for three months. Oh, that's $60. Okay. Mm-hmm. The value of this thing is $60. Charge 60 up front. Regard- so then that way, if people don't actually do what they say they're going to do and show up for the course, because the course is actually a weekly call. It's a live course. Yeah. Then then it's not on me, right? You see what I'm saying? Because uh, that's what I noticed. Yep. It's like people say they want to do something, bro. Nowadays, they don't do it. See, I I I would just thought it because it was a joke. So like sixty nine, like I could then my then my next tier package would be four twenty. You're funny, bro. No, no, that's a, dude, that's team. <laughs> All right, sorry, I interjected. I just wanted to know that. So so then I move them through, like Cody, I move them through to the next layer, which is a one on one with me for three hundred, and that's right. where the magic happens. That's where we connect. We talk about my story, their story. You know, what are their actual goals? Is their business in alignment with their lifestyle? So I just had one uh, yesterday with Dominique. And it's just a beautiful thing. Like, you don't know where people are really at in their life. Um, and that's an opportunity for me to also serve on a much higher level where I get to feel good about me too. So selfishly, it serves where I'm at in my lifestyle and what I want out of even owning a business, which is to help people on a one-on-one basis, way past business strategy. Like I'm talking to them about their family, you know, what's going on with their self-esteem, those kind of things. Cause that's what I really want to connect with people through my story anyway. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, would you mind sharing? You don't have to, but I, I do just, if you would, um, like internally, yeah. what's the split of where you're like how much percentage or yeah. yeah. Like how much is it? The lowest tier people are got talking it. about. Yeah, I can give you guys the percentages, no problem. Obviously, I won't give real numbers. I used, to, by the way, I used to do that. I don't know if you guys know that, where you would tell people how much revenue you made and stuff. I actually got extorted, so now I don't say that anymore. <laughs> yeah, you know, extorted. Yeah, it was it was very serious, bro. Like they they hit up my whole family. I told everybody, you know, when I first hit my uh, first 10k month, I posted it online, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, somebody from my past in music world, right. That's insane. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm saying, bro. Wow. Like, I don't mind giving the percentage, but obviously I won't give the actual number. Yeah, we still give out. We still give out numbers, but when we hit uh, our goal, my goal is the Inc. Five Thousand list, fastest growing companies. Nice. And if we hit that, I mean, we'll love it. Our numbers are gonna be out there anyways. Well, it's public anyway. Exactly. <laughs> so, and there's much more protection at that point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, percentage split. So for the sixty nine, <laughs> I sound so. I'm sorry. <laughs> So, so I ruined it. I ruined it for you. You're so For the LinkedIn power, it's tolerator. Cool. There we go. There we go. There we go. It's your MVP, right? Which is a viable product. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So baseline. Right. So the baseline, um, typically, right? Um, anywhere between twenty and thirty of those come through the pipeline uh every month. Okay. Right. And that's about I would say like sixty percent of the revenue. Leader. Then what happened? Or sorry, not six percent of revenue. Uh, the the volume of people, right? So if the volume, for example, like we have about three hundred and fifteen people that have not been new customers this year, for example. So of those three hundred and fifty people, about sixty percent are purchasing the sixty nine. Right. Then from there, about twenty percent are going to purchase the one on one. Right, so it's just the 60, 20, and then 20% the high ticket. 
So it's beautiful because you're you're getting a lot. It's like a funnel, right? You move them through. So 60%, okay, 20, and then 20. And, and it's beautiful also because as you as you guys know with running an agency, it's really hard to tell up front on a sales call if they're all saying the right things you want to hear. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be a great client. I, I'm going to do this. And then you find out they're actually a nightmare. Oh, yeah. No, no one, whoever has said they're going to be a great client has turned out to be a great client. <laughs> yeah, bro. Yeah. So that, that I was getting a lot of that in the past and that needed a way to filter uh, hey, that. If a client, if a client comes to me and says like, Hey, I don't want to talk to you ever. And I'm like, you're going to be the perfect client. <laughs> yeah, bro. <laughs> oh yeah. Exactly what I'm saying. But yeah. Anyway, 60, 20, 20. Let's, let's talk a little bit about LinkedIn then, because that's, that is what you're, we're finally back to, uh, what Jake originally wanted. Right. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Yeah. So like Jake mentioned, um, we're not big on outreach. Uh, yeah. it, it's just not really our thing. And it, partly because we don't know too, right? I mean, you, you go with what you know, and when you grow into something, you keep growing into it. Right. Um, and so what would you recommend that, who, who would you recommend? Right. Which niches? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, so yeah, we were talking about that. Now you guys were talking about that on episode 40, right? Did you actually read Cody's mind there or Cody, did you just go with it? Because I had no idea where you were going with that. No, yeah, no, I wanted to know who this is kind of ideal for. No, I was just paying attention with yeah. what you were saying. I'm really locked in right now. That's one of us. Oh. <laughs> That's one of us. <laughs> oh. This is so fun. <laughs> this is normal. This is, a, yeah, this this is, is how we live every so Friday. You guys, you know, men are here, maybe listen to audio only. Like, <laughs> a great thing. <laughs> and it was nice. I used to get on calls and it's, how are you today? Good. Tell us about your business. <laughs> yeah. All right. The opposite of what we want to do. Yeah. Exactly. Later. Word. Different. That's a word for it. <laughs> I love it. All right. It'll dip. Continue. So, um, so yeah, guys, so if you're listening, listen, <laughs> if you're targeting plumbers, <laughs> John, the plumber is not going to be on LinkedIn. I mean, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> fair point. A little common sense goes a long way here. Right. So, um, big through, okay. People who are doing physical labor or, you know, brick and mortar, chances are it's going to be more difficult because they're going to be away from the internet. They're going to be running their store. They're going to be doing whatever. They're going to be hiring more uh, contractors, more plumbers, whatever. So typical rule of thumb, and it's not all the way across the board, just majority. If they have a physical business, right, especially if they're doing something old school like plumbing, uh, you know, what's another one? Uh, Landscaping. Landscaping. Yeah. Chimney sweeping. Harder. I mean, way harder. (laughs) So I would focus on things that are like online products coaching service-based things like marketing services advertising services i feel like real estate Ramps. would be the niche here real estate's perfect for linkedin yep so consulting mm-hmm. too just in general consulting yep resume writing mm-hmm. um recruiting is perfect for linkedin perfect. Mm. That that's why everybody goes back to linkedin right i mean even if they ghost linkedin for two years when they're like ah it's time to dust up you know dust off the resume get kind of get my life back together mm-hmm Exactly. Even if you're a marketer doing recruiting services, right? You're doing Facebook ads or whatever you're doing to help recruiting companies. It's perfect. You know what I mean? Uh, what's another one? What's the oh. number? Go ahead. Yep. Music. Those of you who are songwriters, okay? If you reach out to music supervisors of TV shows on LinkedIn, most of the time they reply if you send a follow-up email. Ah. Uh, okay. Super hack. Super hack. 
Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it's good to establish that LinkedIn isn't for every niche, which is good Correct. because that's exactly what we preach. And if you're in like the home service niche, like us, um, stay the hell off of LinkedIn and focus on a meme or a meme, uh, a medium <laughs> that is actually relevant to where your clients are searching. So for us, a lot of people more than you would think search for lawn care marketing companies. I had a pressure washer guy in one of the pressure washing group I was in ask, uh, uh, oh no, no, he actually posted a digital marketing uh, group and I was like, weird. Like I was surprised, like you're not getting swarmed right now. And, uh, I was like, uh, you know, Hey, I own, I'm in the green industry. We own an agency, but you know, if you search lawn care marketing company, like we come up, so, you know, maybe you should do that, but for pressure washing. And he goes, <laughs> and like, I literally was just like, I'm not going to solicit my services to you. Cause that's not my style. Um, but you know, I, I also don't think posting in, in you're like, you're like going to the lion's den and being like, Hey, I am a lamb. <laughs> like, don't do that, man, because no one's going to be genuine. <laughs> so I was just like, I, yeah, I was like, I am not even going to solicit this guy because then it just makes me look disingenuine. Like you're in a marketing right. group. Of course I'm going to like, like, nah, just, you know, go look it up yourself. Um, but uh, if you have a great personality, oh, here's another thing. <laughs> if you, if, most people will, oh, uh, if I'm going to do outreach on LinkedIn, can I just do it from my company page? I can just reach out. To, I don't have to. They don't have to see my face or anything, right? Okay, common sense. First of all, you can't DM anybody from a company page on LinkedIn. Yeah, basics one hundred and one. Do you want to know a secret that I do? What's that? Okay, so uh, when when a uh, thing that we preach is engage in online forums, like, no solicitation, Facts. just engage, post like very long form helpful content, yeah. helps people out. And there is a website out there called Lawn Site, and I engage mm. on this site all the time. Now, my username, cool. nobody has like their actual name as their username. My username is Evergrow Marketing, name of our agency, but the mm. but the picture, the profile picture, is me. So when I someone see. engages with me visually they're engaging with a person but the name of it is the name of my company so i don't have to even solicit just by someone seeing my response they know who they're talking to um mm. they also know that there's an actual face behind it and not just a logo uh I like that That's so a smart move yeah so i didn't get a hard stop but there's one more thing i wanted to ask you which, that, which was the original title of this episode now that it might change um <laughs> Which is how do we we preach establishing credibility through going you know building a reputation for your brand by going through industry publications like mm-hmm. you know for us we have actual print magazines that we've been in and then uh, like for landscaping business owners and then we've also been in industry podcasts as kind of marketing experts and we we preach that to establish your your, your reputation how if someone hasn't done that they they really there are nobody like mm-hmm. like they could die and there's going to be nothing on their epitaph. That's sad, bro. Yeah. How, he says, he, thank you for, he says that stuff. I'm like, people say I'm dark. She comes out here with some of that stuff. I'm like, I don't but, know, man. I, I pick it up what you like. Yeah, yeah. How, well, we got to start from, we got to start from the lowest, the lowest, you know, <laughs> possible positions because we can't give our listener any excuse out. All right. How, how important is it for you to establish credibility and how do you do it if you don't have any and especially if you're reaching out on linkedin people are going to look people are going to look you up like it's a lot easier than people think they overthink this one let me give you a secret here everybody wants the same thing at the end of the day and that's attention Mm -hmm. you know what's really sad about tiktok 
and why this also works and it applies to LinkedIn. There are literally 17-year-old kids on TikTok who did nothing more than hold a camera, their phone, and pretend it's a microphone in a busy street and then have their friend record them asking strangers questions. All you did there was capture attention. All you need to do is find out what your audience considers worthy attention. So for example, let's say you are a digital marketer and you work with dentists and dentists really respect, let's say they respect the dental hygiene magazine. Call the dental hygiene magazine and say that you want to do a, uh, maybe you're in high school, you're doing a high school class project on what it's like to be in the dental industry and ask if you can come to the office, take a picture or do a Zoom call or whatever. Now you have a picture with the founder or whatever of the dental hygiene magazine. And now when you post that on your LinkedIn, guess what people are going to automatically assume, even though it's not necessarily 100% true, that you have credibility in the dental meat industry. Mm-hmm. That's some Jedi. That's how you start. That's some Jedi Sith shit right there. That's some crazy <laughs> wild snake shit, right? Yeah. So you got to do what you got to do in the beginning, y'all. Like, there's no way around that unless you buy it. So you could also buy a shout out from an influencer. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just a lot harder to believe if you're a 17-year-old kid, right? Yeah. A baby face guru. That's what I call them. <laughs> uh, yeah, we we actually got in magazines. We're also we're also a consultant with with uh, NALP, the National Association of Landscape. Oh, that's perfect. Sorry, I yeah. muted my mic. Yeah, um, the touchscreen mic, so I I hit the mute button all the time. Um, and so like we've already established like a very big presence, but it wasn't easy. It, you know, we didn't right. buy our way in or anything like that, and um, we did legitimately. But there are other there are other avenues to right. To, to getting Just know. do what's in your comfort zone and don't let anybody judge you. Stand by what you did. Only do it if it feels in alignment with your core values. And don't let anybody judge you, right? I have, like, for example, for me, um, I pay influencers all the time. No shame in it for me because at the level I'm at now, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's just saying it's just kind of, you know, yeah. collapsing time at this point. So cool. Well, Kevin, I know we got a hard stop nope. here. So uh, I think we'll end it off with, um, you know, tell us a little bit about how you can be found. Um, cool. And uh, and yeah. Allapproach.com. Feel free to hit us up. Also, if you just want to connect with me one-on-one, shoot me a message. LinkedIn plug is my handle on all socials. Yeah. And you also have a group on Facebook. Yes. Called yes. Marketing Agency Owners. What yes. the two fire emojis. Fire emojis. <laughs> Are you reading my mind now? Yeah, you'll find you'll find uh, myself and Kevin in that group as, as moderators. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, well, Kevin's an owner. But, um, but yeah, that's all we have yeah. uh, for this episode. Uh, anything else, guys? Thanks for having me, guys. I had a great time. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate you it. too. Like, like always. It's cool. All right, Kevin. Everybody. We'll see you later. Yeah. See you.